If you have ever walked through a Bed Bath & Beyond, a Target, a Walmart, even a fancier store like, say, Crate & Barrel, and looked at some of the packaging, some of the artwork, some of the graphic design elements, some of the photographs, some of the illustrations, and thought, you know, I went to art school, I'm an artist, I could have done this. Well, in this episode of Creative Mind, our guest Sherry Warren will explain to you that yes, not only should you have done it, but it's kind of your fault that you didn't do it. In that, she is an expert and teaches here at the Academy about art licensing. That kind of strange world of take your work and license it to other companies to use. Because so oftentimes, as an artist, we are thinking in the freelance world of, I gotta get the job, I gotta do the work, here's my product, here's what I created, it's yours, thanks, gotta go find another one. This is not a make money while you sleep long tail type thing. Well, kind of it is. It's about getting your work in front of people who buy work and license it, meaning renting it for a short amount of time. And that is a special type of artwork. The artwork you do may not fit your style, the artwork you do may not even be something you ever thought of before, but it's work for artists, and if you're an artist, you need to find the work. So grab a pen and paper, please, because this is actually, I've said it before, but this is one of our better episodes about what it takes to be a working artist and how to be a successful artist and plan for a long career of financial independence as an artist, if that is such a cliche I can say. So here we are with Sherry Warren. Okay, Sherry, again, thank you for talking with me because as somebody who's 20 years out of school, it's like, oh man, I've left a lot of money on the table through sheer laziness. What is art licensing? Art licensing basically is where if you have an image or a collection of images, it could be illustrations, it could be fine art paintings, it could be photography, whatever that image is, is where you're actually going to rent that image to a company for them to use it on a product to sell. And in that case, then what you're doing is you're partnering with the company so that you both are going to profit off the use of your images on their products. It is not selling this is where students kind of, they say, I'll ask them, has anybody ever licensed anything? And the first thing they'll say, oh, well, I sold this image of a cat that I drew or of a tiger. And I'm like, you sold it? I said, or did you rent it? And this is really day one of class. Let's get our heads around it. You do not, unless they want to offer you the moon, you do not sell your images because you own those images. And with art licensing, you're renting them. So let's say you have an image of a tiger and you license it to a company for a certain period of time, like you rent an apartment. Let's say you have a year lease. So let's say you make a year lease on that tiger image to that company. Well, when that lease is over, you can take that tiger image and you can license it to another company. And make money on that image. You can do this year after year after year so that you as an artist or a photographer, you could actually be making money on an image you created 10 years ago and still have it earn money for you. When you say this, it sounds like the biggest like, oh, duh, why am I not doing that? But so many artists, myself included, I mean, I've been a photographer for 25 years. So I've got mounds and mounds of, of images and hard drives everywhere. And a lot of people forget or don't really understand that you're not selling your artwork because a lot of times your first work, or even now, in, if your career is 10, 15 years old, you, you go, oh, somebody gave me a job. I sold them this image. I made a thousand dollars. Yay. No, 
That's not yay. <laughs> well, it depends on the purpose of the image. And you can do both. For instance, a lot of questions will come up like, oh, I did this image of some beautiful flowers for packaging for a body lotion. And they paid me $1,000 for that image. In some cases, there's going to be some commissions where you're doing it for a very specific purpose and you'll get paid what's called a flat fee, a one-time fee. Yay, I got my $1,000. Now, that being said, you know, that's why contracts are very, very important. In fact, I tell all my students, you do not do work for anyone. I don't care if it's a friend, your brother, your mother, or a company without some sort of written agreement because you need to make it very clear that you own the copyright to that image that you've created. So that person or company cannot take that image beyond what you agreed that image would be used for. They can't take it and like, oh, this really turned out well. Now we're going to go do a series of posters and we're going to sell t-shirts with this image and we're going to do this and this and this. Which happens all and the time on first, right. first time jobs. I mean, you get a job like, that's, hey, a friend right. of my uncle has a construction company. He needs a graphic for his t-shirt and his website. He gives me a thousand dollars. I never think about it. Maybe he becomes famous and I start seeing that logo on a billboard, on a TV commercial, on a business card. Exactly. And you're losing money by not thinking in a business manner like you're talking about. That's right. What you want to keep in mind is that when you do business and you're going to license an image, it's very important to say, let's take a, the tiger image. This tiger image is only to be used for this t-shirt, this water bottle, this whatever. Any additional uses must be in an addendum or in the agreement or a new agreement because you have to be paid for every single use and then you do all that work up front. If you don't, what's going to happen is that Sometimes when you do business, now bigger companies do under, you know, they do because they license work all the time. But let's say if you do work with a smaller company that wants to license your work, sometimes they don't understand what licensing is. Right. That was going to be my next question is, you know, yes. are you going to lose a client by having this conversation with them? Well, okay. So you're going to either be a starving artist or a smart artist. <laughs> Oh, come on. Don't make it that simple. Even uh, though yeah. it is that simple, why? <laughs> because you got to pay your bills too. First of all, knowing that you own your work and knowing that you can license that work and being very businesslike, you know, you get all full of emotion. Oh, they like me. Oh, right, they right. love my work. Somebody oh my God, finally I, paid me. <laughs> exactly. I'm a real artist now. You know, get over it. So what, once you do that, you need to talk like a business person because I guarantee you the company you're licensing to, they're in it to make money. They see an image, they know their customers would totally be attracted to it and buy whatever product that image is on. So it's a partnership. You're looking for a business partnership for your images. I'm jumping ahead, but that really does yeah. kind of set up something you also talk about is trends and research where that right. company for better or worse, goes, this tiger you made is popular now. I can make yes. money on it for two years. I don't yes. care about anything else because in two years, I'm moving on to lawns. That's a, you got it. Everybody remembers, I don't know what, about seven years ago or 10 years, you know, owls. Oh, yeah. Could, couldn't walk down the street without Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And with, everything was owls. You know, and it's not, you know, I get some artists and they're like, oh, well, I don't do trends. Well, okay. 
you know, that's fine. But that being said, being kind of a smart artist, if you're into licensing and looking to make money, I'm like, okay, owls are popular. Llamas are popular. I'll do in my style, I'll do my unique twist. Okay. So when a student, I'm going to say student, cause I don't want to say student in that I'm thinking of somebody who's in school. Cause really what you teach is for everybody. So we don't mean student as the 18 year old kid out of high school. We mean, no. I mean, I'm 42. Somebody could be 60. Somebody could be 30. Somebody could be 17. This is how you run your business. This is yes. how you do things. Yeah. So walk me through that idea of that process of I've got an image and I'm going to use an example of yours. We're going to talk about chefs because the chefs, you know, I'm going to point everybody to your website at sherrywarren.com and all the links are going to be up there because your website is a wealth of knowledge in and of itself. I have about 50 ideas I'm going to steal from that and I'm not kidding about that. (laughs) Make me proud. You're going to steal. Go make some money. Exactly. You're going to steal, steal big. But you You found a niche with a chef character. How did that concept turn into this source of income for you? That's a great question. So let me reel back a little bit. A lot of my students, when they take it for the first time, they're like, I didn't even know this existed. Neither did I. I'm feigning ignorance here. And you know what? I I mean, I was not born with this knowledge. I was actually at a Society um, of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators conference and meeting the other artists. It's, you know, great networking event and learn lots of stuff and meet publishers and all that because I was doing a lot of illustration for children's publishing. And I met this artist and she was telling me about, oh yeah, I'm, you know, what are you doing? Oh, I'm creating this line of images for baby products for uh, here in LA. And I'm like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? And I just got intrigued. And so she basically told me, she says, yeah, well, you know, they saw some of my images, they have this product and they wanted to create a whole line for babies clothing and bibs and blah, blah, blah. And they liked my style. They thought it would appeal to my customers. So I'm working with them to develop these images that I'm licensing to them. And so once I heard about that, that she was doing that as part of a business, I thought, well, I want to do that too. And yeah, I'm going to interrupt you and I'm going to try not to do it as much as I can because it's exciting talking to you. A lot of students, myself included, you think so high level when you're in school and you think that the only work you want to do is like, well, unless Coca-Cola calls me to do an illustration or a photo shoot, there's no work. And that's simply not true. Absolutely is not true. And to be honest, you only have to look in your backyard. Okay. (laughs) And in my backyard. So what I did as an exercise is that when I got back from the conference, I went shopping. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I call it in my class trend research, but it, it is also shopping, just something I do all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. That everybody does all the time. I went to a local store, which was Bed Bath and Beyond. We've and all they been have there. Great store to look at ideas and get angry. <laughs> well, don't get angry. Get busy. Yeah, That's there, you go. there you go. Get busy. So I went in and, and basically started looking at really looking at merchandise that had illustrations on it. I had always seen it, but I never really saw it. And that's where going from the kitchen department, the bath department, you know, whether it was in the kitchen, like little cute characters. And that's where I saw kind of little cooking and chef and this and that or beautiful flowers and all these different styles, even in the wall decor. I'm like, for the first time, you know what? Somebody's making money doing this. Why not me? Right, right. And that's where my moment came and I went home and got busy. And that makes sense because I think, you know, a lot of times when you look at the work you're talking about, 
It's a lot. If we just talk like fine art paintings of flowers, as an artist, you're doing that a lot. You have your practice, you have your assignments, you have the stuff you did in school. There's the stuff you're doing on your own. And that blossoms like, well, I got a lot of ideas. I got a lot of thumbnails. I've got a lot of concepts. And then you look and see a set of placemats, napkin holders, cups, coasters, plates, a whole set of tableware with two painting images from some artist making a lot of money laughing at you for not doing it. Yeah. And you're like, why? <laughs> and like you said, it's just that aha moment where you're like, oh, I have to do this. And the next step was for you to do what? So the next step is, well, number one, really researching. So I went online and certainly I went to other stores to kind of wrap my head around like, okay, these are the type of images that are in stores. If these types of images are in stores, there must be a buyer. It must be right. popular or they right. wouldn't make it this far to being in a major store. So I put my twist on it and I got busy. I mean, typically I think a lot of illustrators and artists, they wait for that phone to ring or the email to come in. Like you say, mm like a Coca-Cola call. Well, there are commissions, right? Or assignment that you take in. They say, okay, we want a picture of, you know, a dog drinking out of a bowl, blah, blah, blah. There's those assignments. Well, this in a way, when you're licensing, you're giving yourself assignments. You're going out and okay. saying, you know okay. what? I know that these images are popular, whether they're chefs or the llamas or whatever it is. I see them everywhere. These are really popular and there's going to be a new trend coming down the line. And it's important to kind of keep your eyes open for that as well. But that being said, it's like, okay, I'm going to create, first of all, I'm going to pick a demographic. I'm going to look at my style. Maybe some, you know, some illustrators have kind of maybe an edgy style or more cartoon style. Right, right. Some may have a little more realistic style. So they say my style is a little more whimsical. Cartoony would really appeal to kids you know, for children's products. So make that decision up front. It'll make it so much easier when you're creating your images that go together that could be used on different children's products. The same thing for adults. Let's say, you know, you see a lot more realistic, a little more decorative because people like to decorate in certain color palettes you see are really popular. Yeah, we jo joked earlier, the, uh, the French country rooster on everything. That's right. I, mean, I remember that 20 years ago, going into every home, and it was like a big giant wall, like a 20 inch radius round wall thing on the kitchen of a rooster and some French lettering That's phrase. Right. And you were like, c'est magnifique. And you were like, what is that? <laughs> Yeah, if you want to add some more money to it, no matter what you draw, either put the word Paris on it or something in French. <laughs> draw a picture of a cow and then put the Eiffel Tower right next to it and say Paris. It'll sell. I don't know what it is. I know it sounds silly, but... I'm telling you, people just love, they eat it up. They yeah. love that. They it, love that stuff. And you know what? As an artist, be smart. You know, I'm like, sure. I might do a little more research to make something a little more authentic, but mm -hmm. I know, I know it sells. Right. You just see it everywhere. People love it. They love to decorate their homes with, to kind of give that European flair. But depending on where they live, you know, like a touch of country. There are yeah. also themes. People grab onto themes. You mentioned about the roosters. You might have that aunt or that cousin and you go in their kitchen. It's all about roosters, right? It's got yeah. the rooster kitchen towels or with the matching rooster this because it's a theme that they just love. And people do buy in themes. Some people who live, let's say in a coastal area, they may have a sure. lot of images, whether it's on pillars 
pillows or wall art. A lot you of know, seashells and star, seashells. starfishes and sea glass everywhere. Exactly. It's a theme, right? And the colors would be blues and teals. And mm -hmm. there might be some paintings of beach scenes. That's because people like, it makes them feel good. It, it's kind of where they live. So if that's something you're attracted to, and it's like, oh yeah, I think I'll do a seashell. You start researching other things that have been done. Look at the color palettes. What style? Maybe it's a little more painterly, a little mm. more artistic. It's like you're creating for a purpose. And that's okay? something that you are, are really driving home. And as I think about it, it's something that we all forget. But at the same time, when we step out of our I'm a creative space and we go to a store where there's like, I got to go grocery shopping and pick something up. Or I've got a two and a half year old now. So I'm spending a lot more time looking at kids stuff than I ever did in my entire life. Right. You look at stuff and you realize that I'm not buying for me the artist. I'm buying for somebody else, which means they're selling to a different taste. I mean, if you're a working artist, we do have this kind of cynical view of things of like, oh, that's just not cool. And that's just not hip enough. But not everybody's cool. Not everybody's hip. They want to be told what's cool and what's hip. And you're talking about trends. Correct me if I'm wrong, but as I think about it, having worked in retail long enough and all of us go down that path at some point, these major companies like Walmart, Bed Bath & Beyond are spending millions of dollars to make sure they make millions of dollars. That's so correct. if they trend on something, we yeah. should accept that that trend is correct for the time? Sure. Why not? Let's just say there's maybe two different minds of thinking and you're right. I'll get some illustrators or artists and they're like, eh, well, that's just so, you know, so, not me uh, or that's whatever. Not me. I don't do and that. I'm like, well, you're in the wrong class. So <laughs> <laughs> or let me try to change your mind on that. And then I go to the board and I draw a picture of the money pie. So I draw a circle like a big pie chart yep. and I draw a slice of pie. I said, how much of the money pie would you like? How hungry are you? Yeah. And honestly, people get it. In fact, my students towards the end of the semester, they all joke about it, right? It's their new, yeah, it's my term, but they all start talking. When they're presenting their work, they go, well, I did this and done it up because I want this slice of the money pie. And I go, excellent. If you walk away with anything from this class that you could wrap your head around, that's what I want you to think about an artist making money. Yeah. Because that's important. I mean, I we all joke about it. Like, I got to make money. I got to make money. Yeah, you really do have to make money. No, you do. You do. <laughs> Rent isn't free. Electricity is not free. Pens, that's pencils, right. anything you can imagine right. is not free. And yeah. when we, we talk about licensing, you know, you're talking about even if you become successful with licensing, we'll get into yeah. what actually licensing is, is you're not necessarily getting paid today. Right. So let's take that example and, and walk through it. I'm going to try my best not to interrupt you a million more times. But sure. let's take that concept where you had some of the chefs and what that licensing looks like, what that path looks like for your chef character. Shall we talk about before I had an agent or after I had an agent? Which came first? <laughs> Doing my research. So just a real back, I went home and got busy. Mm -hmm. And I started creating little collections, a chef collection, for instance. I actually thought, okay, I, I think this is cute. I think people would buy it. It's in my style. I'm having fun with this. And then I started doing some product mock-ups. And so I literally, when I was at Bed Bath & Beyond, I actually went and bought a white plate. I bought <laughs> a white mug. I just bought like one of some different products and then I took a photo of it and then I put that on the computer. And then what I did is I took my images because I also have a graphic design background. 
And so I took my images and designed not only the images, but I superimposed my images on those products. Right. Those little borders, adding sense. some text, yeah. right? And then I thought, oh, I think that looks really good. So what I did is I put a presentation together, like a little PDF, because I wasn't really sure about how do you contact companies or how do you do this, but I did see there were agents through my research. I saw there were artist agents who represented artists to manufacturers. Well, I actually did do some stuff on my own. When I went to the stores, I started looking at manufacturers of a wine bag or this or that. Mm-hmm. And then I researched who that company was, went to their website, and then I started doing some inquiries and invited them to my website to see my work. So I did actually get some licenses on my own, but I also thought I want to go big. Yeah, absolutely. I, right. Because I could spend all my time doing this, but then I'm not going to be creating new collect, you know, it kind of yeah, ch- was ch- a lot ch- to do. You know, if you get lucky enough to get contracts, you got to chase down money. You got to do all sorts of stuff. It's, it's it, all it, about it, time. It's a time it's, suck. Yeah. So that's when I decided to start shopping for an agent. And so I used that presentation that I did on my chefs with on the products and the whole thing and started reaching out to licensing companies. And I had a couple that were interested in representing me because they could also see. Plus at that time I did license some stuff on my own, which they really liked because they saw I was ambitious. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I did then go with an agent. We had a contract. They took my work and basically with what I showed, them they already had customers oh we could show this to this person this person this person i know that they would be interested and so they actually after we signed a contract of course then they would take my presentations and send it to their customers for feedback and who would those customers be because i think that's something that a lot of people don't understand they would be the manufacturing companies so a manufacturing company let's say that makes kitchen textiles. Their products range from rugs to placemats to kitchen towels to curtains, let's say. They would send those images to them, to the manufacturers. And the manufacturers, their customers would be a Target, a Walmart, a Bed Bath & Beyond. So manufacturers, their customers are these stores. They have store buyers who actually purchase from the manufacturers. So it's a couple of different steps, but each way down, everybody's thinking about the end consumer. Mm-hmm. Would this appeal to the end consumer? Is it trending or a really popular theme for every single step? And that's why it's so important that I presented my work in a nice presentation with mm-hmm. those product mock-ups because they're like, I can see it. Yeah, right. I can see it on the shelves. That's thinking beyond the, here's the one foot by one foot example yeah. of a textile. No, here is a photograph of the textile curtains hanging in a very nicely shot kitchen and well, e- all that. Yes. And even if it's a drawing, whatever. And I teach that in my class. I actually teach my students how to present their work and how to do product mock-ups. And you've got a lot of great product mock-up sheets and examples on your site again. So I want yeah. people to definitely mm-hmm. go there because yeah. it's, you look at this and you're going, oh man, that was the one step I didn't do. Yeah. And that's something that comes into this idea of professionalism, which is difficult for a lot of artists to grasp onto because we're not always thinking, we're spending a lot of time thinking of brilliant ideas. We're not spending a lot of time thinking about how to pay the bills and then grow as a business. And this is a great way of looking at your art also in a new way, because I'm assuming in a very short amount of time, you were able to branch out into products you maybe not had thought of or saw where people were going with this and expanded your business. Oh yeah, absolutely. And once you've been out there for a while, I mean, I have manufacturers who will contact me directly. The dream. Well, I mean, the thing is once your work is out there and let's call it retail land, right? Mm -hmm. 
it's out there. And of course, the art directors and the product developer, they're researching all the time. They're looking at art. They're always looking for new artists. Let's say they do see a product. They'll see it in a Walmart or a this or whatever store. I always make sure in my contract that my copyright is always on the product or the packaging and my signature. I won't sign a contract unless it says copyright Sherry Warren on it. The reason, number one, it's mine and I want what I want. Number two, because of that, it does give the opportunity to market myself. So an art director say, oh, I saw these products that you did because my name was on it and we would be interested in working with you. We went to your website, we saw some of these images and we would like to talk to you. Would you, you be interested in working with us and that sort of thing? So that initiates, yeah, let's set up a call. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about who your customers are. Do you want to license just that image? Do you need any art to go with that image or images? So it starts a conversation and it starts taking on a life of its own. And that conversation, and we'll start it off with, again, explain a licensed deal to us. Because you talked about licensing as you're not selling, you're renting it. But what's yeah. the deal look like? What's a licensing deal for some artwork? What's a basic licensing deal look like? A basic deal says we want to license this image, the chef, the tiger, whatever it is. We want to use it for these three products. And all this will be in an agreement. It's all stated out there. Here's the image. We want to use it for these products for a two-year period. All this is written out depending on what stores they're going to go into. They'll, they'll either be, okay, we're going to pay you an advance of $500 or $1,000 or whatever. That's the money up front against royalties. And then they'll be anywhere depending again on the store and the product and the number of products that might be 3% to 10% to 15% of sales. And that's what you negotiate, obviously. That's where you're going to negotiate you use the term royalties because a lot of people don't think of it this way. You think royalties like in the music industry or if you've written a book, royalties are the money you're getting paid at the end of the year or every month or how the royalties it's, are. First of all, if they don't pay you royalties, you earn the royalties. Mm. You okay. earn it. Got it. Okay. Because it. it's going to be based on the popularity of the image that you've created or that they've licensed. So that being said, once you've done that, the product's been manufactured, it's out on the shelf there's a selling period. Usually you'll get quarterly statements. That's every three months is a quarter. You will get a statement from the manufacturer that will say this image on this product sold this many units and this is the money that it made. And so your royalty for that three months is this much money. And then another three months go by and you'll get another quarterly report that will specifically say this image we licensed from you on this product or these products sold this many units. And for the percentage we agree to, this is your money. So again, over a two-year period, every three months, you should be getting a statement and there should be a check or a wire transfer of the monies you've earned for that period. I'm going to oversimplify it because so much, if you go on YouTube now, the, the idea of making money while you sleep and <laughs> earning money as entrepreneurship and how can I monetize my Instagram feed is still all based on this concept of I still made something and I have negotiated a business deal yes. to make money. Yes. Again, there's no limit to how many images you can sell or royalties. I'm sure there's non-compete clauses, but probably not that exciting in the world of freelance work. But you could have, you know, when you say this and you, you know, you throw out a number like, you know, $1,000 here, and I'm assuming you can go up to thousands of dollars in royalties for a short amount of time. Right. It sounds like, you know, 
we need to be thinking as working artists, not one image, but hundreds of images that could be earning and generating money at this point. Yes, yes, of course. What, what are some tips for students to think about when they sit down and they look, after they've done their trend research, they've shopped all the stores, they've gone, you know what, I really like these tigers. These tigers are cool. I've got a better tiger idea. As an artist, what is some of the tips and some of the thinking that you would suggest artists take once they go, okay, tigers. I like this tiger. I like this color. What do I draw? Do I draw one tiger doing something or what do okay, I Okay, the first thing is to realize what is your art style, okay? okay? I tell students, what is a style that you love to do, you're really good at, you're comfortable with? So knowing your art style is number one. Number two is who would be attracted to your style. Again, I'll just use, if you do really cute, whimsical type of images, would those be better for a younger audience? Let's say for kids, like for, you know, for toddlers or for elementary school children, or, you know, think about what type of consumers would be attracted to your art style. So that's number two. Once you've decided who you're, and I call it demographic, Okay, your demographic. Once you decide, okay, I'm going to create this tiger for this demographic, then you can start doing more trend research and let's take a look at the type of products that are really popular. So with everybody kind of on the go and this and that, other than, you know, t-shirts are always a big thing, right? Water bottles. What are some trending mm -hmm. types of products that are really popular? And you just go online, go to the store. You'll see right there yeah. what are out there on the shelves. What are people buying? Let's say it is for children. Let's go to the children's department and let's take a look at what's being offered. What are the colors that are popular for this year that I could take note of? So you kind of look at that and then you're doing your tiger for that particular audience. Let's say you want to go for like teen boys, anywhere from 11 to 15, right? Maybe you're thinking, oh, well, I want to do for teen boys who are really into music or skateboarding or kind of that sort of, you know, you start getting an image. So then- <laughs> I'm literally like, thinking of a t-shirt my kid has. Okay. It's right in line with this. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to do, tigers are training. I'm going to do it in my style because they have this really cool line work, kind of edgy type of style. So I'm going to do this cool tiger and he's going to have a big boom box because he's into music he enjoys the old school and he's on a skateboard and he's wearing these board shorts got sunglasses and he's just going to be gliding along and then i'm going to have some other illustrations to go with that that would be really cool for team boys that's how you interpret and make it your own with your own mm -hmm. interests your sense of humor for the target audience that they're going to look at it they're going to get it and they're going to buy it I'm laughing because my son has three shirts and they're like fat, funky little cats playing musical instruments. As you're saying, I'm going, yeah, that's it. And then like on your website, you've got another one. It's dinosaurs at work and it's dinosaurs and construction equipment. What boy doesn't love both of those things? Exactly. And, and it was like, oh, so you put the two of them together and expanded your market share. <sighs> Why did I not think of that? <laughs> right. And what you're looking at is actually my students' work. Okay? Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Because I teach that once you learn how to think differently and you open the door of opportunity to what's my demographic and what could I do that would appeal to that demographic, oh, my students go nuts. They'll come into class with a dinosaur, you know, doing construction work and it's in these bold colors and they're really funny and they're fun. And it's like, I said, I still want to buy this. 
It's true. And and you look at what you've taught that student to do. You can go to the website and see it. There's a big giant image on a field with a little bit of illustration. There's a big field of illustration for sheets. There's a pillow. There's hero images. There's the illustrations of other related images and uh, other related things to the dinosaur. So he's got bulldozers and traffic cones and all this other stuff that as an illustrator and an artist, we know how to do this. But it does take that mindset shift to do it, I think. Yes, it does. It's a different way of thinking. And to be honest, doing art licensing is a different way of thinking about another way to earn income. Everything that in on my site for that my students do is very smart. I mean, I have to say it's like they took the concept of licensing and developing art collections to be licensed on the products and they just ran with it. Students just get so excited about their work, you know, that there's this new life that they can create and they total control over so which can segment into not only licensing but i'm not sure if you wanted to talk about this so while you're waiting for that big licensing contract to come in whether you've been looking for an agent or doing this on your own while you're doing that you can create your collections and you can have in this day and age your own store with your own merchandise right absolutely and so that's another income stream and i can tell you a lot of licensing artists do have their own stores and that makes sense too we're talking really there's a lot of artists that, well, I'm going to be punk rock and I'm going to make stickers and I'm going to give them out and that's going to be it. And I can remember back in the day, I worked for a very large clothing company that had open submissions. We'll pay you a hundred bucks for a t-shirt design and we'll, they just bought them outright and they just made small runs. I remember asking yeah. the head of the company, like, we do a thousand t-shirts. It doesn't matter. We just bang them out. They cost us 75 cents to make a t-shirt. We don't care. We don't do anything. And as you're telling me this, I'm going, man, I am glad I did not give that person any work because I could have sold that. I could have sold those t-shirts myself. Exactly. So let me say something about contests. I'm really happy you brought this up. Tons of companies, usually it'll be promoted through social media, you know, enter our contest. Yeah. And if you're the winner, we'll pay you a hundred bucks or 500 bucks. Right. First of all, you need to look at those terms and conditions before you sign your name, before Mm. you even send them a doodle on a piece of paper. Because a lot of times these companies, they're trying to get artwork cheap. Yeah. And they do it by a popularity contest. Oh, everybody loves your image of whatever it is you drew. It's like, well, here's a hundred bucks, but you didn't read in the terms and conditions. You also sold the copyright. Right. right. So they can go and take that image, not only for that t-shirt, but it was so popular. They're going to make a whole other bunch of products. Well, excuse me, but they're making thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and you got paid your hundred bucks. Right. It's like, hey, you wait a minute. You, you didn't read the terms and conditions. It's you right didn't there read in the, the terms fine print. And conditions. That's right. And the thing is that I honestly think that a lot of these contests are taking advantage of artists. It does. And, you know, again, I want to promote this class and you and your website so much because it's like, this is, even if you just read your website, you're going, oh man, I am totally screwing myself. (laughs) This is really upsetting. (laughs) Well, I don't want anybody to be upset. I want you to kind of say, okay. Upset in a good way. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right the ship, go in the right direction. This is yeah. why I'm not making any money today. <laughs> well, it's an addition, right? It's just like anything, which I do, you know, you can be taking commissions, you can do assignment work, whether for magazines or for games or whatever it is that you like to do. And you can do licensing also, and you can right. create images also for your own store. And you could be doing this also. And I think as artists, we need to do a lot of different things. The one I'm looking at and the one that I want people to look at it well is the auto 
outer space birthday. And if you've got kids, adorable, adorable, it's great. I mean, I never would have yeah. thought of it. But yeah. I look at it and go, nice play on words, good colors, little sea otters out in space, a cute animal, space, everybody loves it. And it's showing a birthday set. Once you have a child or you go to a child's birthday party, right. you've got a placemat, cups, plates, forks, spoons, takeaway bags, wrapping paper, and a whole plethora of things that have this Birthday cards, decorations, wrapping paper, gift yeah. bags, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And it, it's like- it's It's obscene. <laughs> I know. I know. It's funny in class too because when we do critiques and we'll see what the student has put together, then the other students are like, and I'll I'll pop a question. I'll go, well, what other products do you think the student could put apply? And then you should see the students go nuts and critiques. They're like, oh, she could do this and this and this and this. And then the student sitting there who's presenting is like writing down, oh, that's a good idea. And I'll even say, I'll say, oh, if you use that idea, you owe her a Starbucks. Yeah, okay? exactly, exactly. So it's like, you owe the, if you take that, or like sometimes some of the students, especially when they're coming up with some text, some fun sayings to go mm -hmm. with, which I have the students do. And some students, it comes a little more naturally than others. Usually sure. I have one or two students who are really great at coming up with sayings that are just perfect with the illustration. And they'll come, we'll do that during critiques, some brainstorming. And the student, of course, who need, you know, maybe is like, oh, that's a good idea. And I said, if you use it, you owe her something or Absolutely. you owe him, you owe uh, yeah. him something. <laughs> it's either going to be coffee and dinner or something else. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Share the love. You had mentioned that you're doing commissions, you're doing editorial work, you're doing children's books, then you're licensing. You know, for an artist, you may have this idea that somebody didn't want, but you have the idea and it can blossom into something you license. But to go back to selling your stuff, how does selling your own work help you in licensing and help you in learning to run a business as an artist? So basically when you're selling products, right? You're selling the products with your images on. Let's say these days you can sell products off your website. You can have an Etsy store. You could sell on eBay. You could, yeah. you know, and promote We're, we're 25 years past Cafe Press at this point. It, oh my buy, God. Buy, oh. Buying stuff online is 99% of the stuff we buy, we, we've bought sight unseen. More oh less. yeah, right, we've right, never, right. We've never physically touched this item. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think it's fabulous. I mean, because it, it kind of levels the playing field in some ways. And I think it's wonderful for artists to give you a sense of control. So in that case, not all your ideas might not get picked up for licensing. That doesn't mean they're not wonderful and fabulous. Okay. And that's where having your own online store, like, well, I really like that peacock I did and that's okay. And I'm just going to go ahead and create products anyway. And you can create your own following and find your customers. And that could be different from what, let's say, the images that you license. Because some companies, in some cases, they might be a little more conservative. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so let's say if they really just want a tiger and there's like jungle leaves behind them and that, it, you know, they want something more conservative and you're like, okay, that's cool. I can do that. But I really want to do my skateboard and tiger with yeah. the boom box who's down in Venice beach. So I'm going to go ahead and do him anyway and put that in my store. So don't let anybody tell you no. Again, it's the most simple advice, but it's great advice because I'm thinking back over my career and on my desk, I'm looking at a couple of hard drives of content that I've created. And it's that idea of like when you're in school in a basic illustration class, you do 50 thumbnails one week for that assignment. So that's 50 concepts you have generated. And if those concepts don't get realized, that's okay. But what you're doing as an artist, the artistic side, the high thinky, I'm gonna cut off my ear Van Gogh artist style, is you're generating concepts 
But if you don't show them to people, they don't exist. They're just sitting on a hard drive, sitting in a sketchbook. And if you never open that or you never show that to people, then nobody knows they exist. And it's it, it, not necessarily about critique because critique is something different. But if you're not showing this work and saying, do you like it? Do you want to buy it? You really are not selling yourself short or long. You're not selling. You're not you allowing this work to be seen. Well, what you're doing is, let's just relate it. Every illustration sketch whatever it is you're doing is your inventory you own there you it go. okay it thank is you. your intellectual thank you for property. putting that intelligently yeah. <laughs> it's your inventory it's your inventory <laughs> and if that inventory is sitting in your hard drive warehouse all it's doing is collecting digital dust yeah, okay, all of us who do little doodles or thumbnails or little sketches on the napkin or whatever, you know, all of them are not going to be maybe as marketable or saleable, okay? But there could be one where there was a gem of an idea that you could retake a look and say, you know, I'm going to further develop this because there was something interesting about that I sketched it or I was thinking about. You can go through your inventory and maybe redo it up. Maybe it's new colors or maybe it's this or that sure, or something absolutely. that's trending and put together a presentation and I'm going to research companies. These would be great on, let's say it's a children's school for sippy cups and that sort of thing. I'm going to research those companies that manufacture that and find a contact person. I'm going to find that art director, that creative director. I'm going to try to get that name and I'm going to put a presentation together and do some product mock-ups and see if I can get some interest. What you're suggesting is telling people to think like a retailer and not just like an artist closed off from the world where I'm just going to create. It's thinking like a retail. You said inventory, earnings, quarterly yeah. reports. This is the lifeblood of being allowing you to go disappear for two weeks and just draw. You know, yeah. th this needs money. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that if you want to make a living, you need to be a smart artist. And every artist, even if you are going to be one of those artists where you don't want to talk to people or whatever, you know, hey, that's why there are artist agents. And, and we do talk about that in class too, because I understand some illustrators and students, whatever, some people are just more shy. Ugh, it's hard for me to talk about my art and I don't know what to say and I get really nervous and all that kind of stuff. So in that case, if you know that about yourself, I mean, number one is I try to, I want to push the students to be a little bit uncomfortable because you're the one, if you don't believe in your art, then why should anybody else? So I do want you to try to push those skills, but I understand that sometimes some artists do need an agent to represent them. And that can be great. And I've had agents and I, that can be a wonderful working relationship as well. But that being said, you still need to be a smart artist if you want to earn a living doing this. Okay, great. A lot of people hear agent and they're like, I don't know. If you get a good agent, because you can always fire your yeah. agent, which a lot of people forget, you can fire your agent if they're not good. I've fired yeah. agents over the years and you're like, well, if they're a good agent, they work for you. The percentage they get well, what it is, let's look at it a little bit differently. It's a partnership. You and the agent are going to become business partners because both of you are going to make money. Okay. And so that really it's about if you do have a good agent that you can talk to that loves your work, has the right customers for your work, you have good conversation. I mean, it's like a good marriage, right? You both are working to help each other. And by having them, they have the customers, they know the legal terms, can negotiate contracts, they know who to reach out to market your work. While you're doing your research, your trend research, you're working up collections, you're creating new images, your mock-ups. So you're creating that inventory for them to go market, but you're in it together to make money.
that's a great relationship. The more clients they can get to license your work, the better you both are doing will make you happy. If you're not hearing from your agent and it's been a year or two and you're not getting that, then it's time to reevaluate. Okay? Right. There's nothing wrong with changing agents because no. they may not be the right fit for you. And that's vice versa. exactly right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, different agents specialize in different concepts and different markets, and yes. you've got to develop your own style. We talked a lot, we kind of repeated ourselves a lot, but I do want you to kind of wrap up here because I'm going to bring you back on a hundred more times. I already know because I want you to give me and everybody else what's a good starting point now. If I'm an artist who's got some work and I'm listening to this and I want to think about okay, I need to start licensing my work. What are some just simple, basic steps that I can go tomorrow to help moving me in the right direction of licensing work? What's some basic steps I can do? Basic steps. Look at your work, define what your style is. Number two, who do you think, what is the demographic that your work would appeal to? Is it more kid-oriented? Is it really more for young adults? Is it for teens? Is it for older adults? Okay. The other thing is start researching. Never stop researching. Go online. Go look in your house. What have you bought? Go look at products you bought and why did you buy them? What was the illustration on it that just spoke to you? Okay. Did it make you laugh? Did it make you feel good? You know, people don't need another coffee cup. All right. <laughs> right. Right. Trust me. They don't need another coffee cup. Right. People buy products that make them feel happy. That, that's why people take their hard-earned money. So you need to figure out who do you want to sell to, who your work would appeal to, and what are those products? Start researching, make a list of those products. And by the way, turn the cup over and find out who that manufacturer is because it'll be on the packaging or the product. Make a list. Who is that? Start researching websites. Go to company websites. Try to dig around. Hey, do they work with licensed artists? Is there sometimes on some of the product pages for manufacturers, it'll actually be a page or a link for artist submissions. Read the submissions. You have nothing to lose. That's how you get started. Then you can start going through your work and start organizing it into themes, okay? Oh, you know, here's food themes. I have food-related illustrations. Here's animals. I can tell you Halloween and Christmas themes always sell. If you're going to be a licensing artist, and I don't care if it's beautiful, inspirational, funny, whatever it is, if you don't have some of those images, oops, create some of those images, okay? That could be used on merchandise because manufacturers are always looking for those holiday images. Because it's every year and every year we got to do something year, different. Every, every year. Every year. Santa's got to do something new. Santa, reindeers, whatever. And even Halloween is a huge category. Huge, huge in fall. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with your witches and your bats and your vampires and, you know, your skeletons. But maybe you do something very beautiful, like a most beautifully illustrated skeleton wearing a party hat. I mean, you know, what could you do that could go along? Because you know it's a seller and manufacturers are always looking for it. So get busy. That's my advice is get busy. A lot of food for thought on this one. Definitely. Listen to this again. There is so much to unpack here with Sherry that we barely scratched the surface. In fact, I'm gonna try and get her on again and break down into some photography and dive a little bit deeper into pricing and more about art licensing. So please hit subscribe on whatever device you're listening to so you never miss an episode of Creative Mind. And as more and more art and design career opportunities are on the rise, employers are on the hunt for the next generation of talented and skilled creative professionals. At Academy of Art University, you will get the work-ready skills that employers want. You can study on-site in downtown San Francisco and, of course, anywhere in the world right now with our online programs. To request info about our 40-plus areas of study in art and design, including illustration, 
game design, UX design, and more. Visit our website at academyart.edu slash creative mind. I'm Bobby Brill. Thanks for listening.